morning by trying out some classic parenting lines. Oh no. Yeah, now I'm not saying that uh, whether these are all good sayings or not. They're just things that maybe you've heard them yourself received on the receiving end. A few of them, that's true for me. Maybe you've uh, used these, a couple of these yourselves. We're not going to call out uh, who has or who hasn't. But just, uh, <laughs> it leads us into some, some good stuff here this morning. So uh, if you keep making that face, it'll Freeze. Freeze that way. Yep. Part of me wants to be like, show hands how many of <laughs> Quiet down. I can't even hear, hear myself, myself think. think. You ever really ponder that? Do you often hear yourself think? Uh, one day you'll thank me. <laughs> right. Because I said so, that's why. God, God gave you a brain. Use, Use it. it. Mm. <laughs> Apparently that one's a common one across the board. I may have used it. I know I used this at Long John Silver's on a couple of occasions, but uh, maybe it's parenting. Are your legs broken? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one. There was a movie, popular movie, when our kids were, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years old. And uh, one of the lines in it was, somebody in the, in the movie was whining. So the one of the characters said, oh, I hear a wambulance in the distance. <laughs> and so we use that in our kids like crazy. I hear a wambulance in the distance. And if it needed um, audio enhancement, I would sometimes do that. You know. So, yeah, it's a good thing. My, my kids turned out pretty decent. Praise the Lord. Because um, If all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump would off you? to follow them? Oh, Jen's mom lets her do such and such? Then go live with Jen's mom. I'll help you pack. I, I know I heard this one. Shut the door. Were you born in a barn? Your room looks like a tornado ran through it. My office still resembles that on occasion. Talking to you is like talking to a brick wall. Now, my dad learned from his dad. Like talking to a post. Oh. Yeah, I heard that a couple times. It kind of hurts. It might have been true, but <laughs> let's play the quiet game. <laughs> Every parent's favorite game. This one may be heard in households with healthcare providers under the roof. Someone better be bleeding. <laughs> There's variations on that. <laughs> Where are your manners? Were you raised by wolves? I'm not asking, I'm telling. 
Don't use that tone of voice with me, mister. Stop crying or I'll give you something to really cry about. Cry about. Mm. I know I heard that one growing up and I used it a few times. You better wipe that look off your face. <laughs> and then this one has lots of variations out of it. Don't make me tell you again. Don't make me come back there. Don't make me turn this car around. My favorite. Don't make me pull over to the side of the road and give you a spanking, which famously happened. So Glenn and Ardell, you, you've been to um, bluegrass festivals down by Missouri Valley, Iowa on occasion. So you've driven right by where this incident happened. <laughs> Kids, we were on our way from home down by Omaha up to Sioux City to see Grandma and Grandpa. I don't know, 64 years old, something like that. They were in the back seat and they were just wound, winding each other up, just going at it. So I said, knock it off, be quiet, warned them. They kept on just right back at it. So I said, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to pull over here and I'm going to spank you. We were on the interstate, you know, so like, yeah, yeah, empty, empty threat. I pulled off way off on the edge of the shoulder and I went out and one by one hauled them out and warmed their backsides and put them back in their seats. Still today, they remember that moment <laughs> and speak highly of it. So it, it's, a, it's a huge thing. Um, we can't warn about impending discipline if we aren't willing to actually exactly. do it. And on occasion, you need to actually do it so that they know that there's something really behind your, your loving, warning discipline. But um, they love that one to pieces. <laughs> it was just a couple miles north of Missouri Valley exit is where it happened. <laughs> so next time you go by, you can salute. <laughs> so last one. Can't say something nice. Don't say it. Don't say anything at all. Now, that's not a bad saying. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. That's that's okay. It's not bad, but it falls short of Jesus, doesn't it? Jesus might have said, "This is in Pastor Joe's slandered version of the Bible." Jesus might have said, "You can say something nice. In fact." You can do better than that. You can bless. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we use bless, uh, we toss it around, we use a lot. We probably don't think about the power and uh, the foundation of it. So the only time we really use it a lot is when somebody sneezes, you, and you say, Bless you. Right? And so it's, it's a little you. thing. Yeah. Uh, not that we're <laughs> trying to demean it or something, but, but when the Bible talks about blessing, it is a powerful um, word-empowered act. And so we're going to see that uh, Jesus says, you can do way better than say something nice or nothing at all. You can bless someone. So you might remember last Sunday's sermon where the main thought was, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, today's word is related to that. It goes kind of a step even further, maybe. Uh, the first time we hear the possibility is in Numbers chapters 22 through 24. We're not actually going to go there, but I just want to tell you where it's at. If you want to read through uh, a three-chapter fascinating story of Balaam. Balaam's donkey is in there. Uh, blessing or cursing Israel is in there. It's a powerful, fascinating stretch, three chapters. But it will it will uh, really get your engine going about blessing and the power of it. So that's in Numbers 22 through 24. So Israel is on the way to the promised land from Egypt. 
And Balaam is this guy that's famous throughout the whole territory for having this powerful ability to curse people and then bad things happen to them. I don't know if it was demonically enhanced or what was going on, but the region knew it. He was, he was considered a prophet, uh, a, a soothsayer, all different kinds of things, but he was a hired gun with a mouth that could do damage. Okay, And so Balak is a king, uh, Moabites, Ammonites, I remember which one, but the Israelites are coming through his territory and, and he gets uh, scared, he gets angry, he hates them. And he wants, he knows he's overwhelmed numbers wise. So he looks to hire Balaam to curse Israel for him so things will go badly for him. And that's it's an amazing account. But God refuses to let Balaam do that. He makes, the, he makes Balaam bless Israel instead. And the king that hires him gets madder and madder and madder because every time he says, Well, I'll pay you more money, I'll do more of this, go out and curse him. And every time Balaam tries, God says, Bless them instead. So it's a powerful thing, but I want to go to what Nehemiah says about it. Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 1. And this would be, oh boy, hundreds of years later. And Nehemiah mentions this moment, this Balaam cursing Israel thing. So Nehemiah chapter 13, verse 1. This is so Nehemiah is a time frame when Israel. Uh, Israelites, some of the Jews have just come back from Babylon, 70 years of, of being uh, arrested, sequestered there, exiled. They, they've just come back to Jerusalem. They're starting to rebuild it and the temple and so forth. And this is what Nehemiah uh, says in chapter 13, verse 1. On that day, Nehemiah read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. So they didn't have a lot of training. They'd, they'd lost track of their, their faith and the teachings. So they sit down and read from the first five books to the people. That day they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people. In it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever enter the assembly of God. Why? Verse 2. For they, the Moabites and the Ammonites, did not meet the people of Israel with bread and water when they were traveling from Egypt to the promised land. They could have blessed them. They could have offered them bread and water. How's your journey going? You know, have a nice day. Um, be blessed as you go into the promised land. Because they did not meet the people of Israel with bread and water. Instead, they hired Balaam against them to curse them. Now say it with me in unison out loud. Yet, Yet our God, God turned the, the curse into a blessing. blessing. That's a powerful phrase. It is possible to turn a curse into a blessing. Now here it sounds like maybe it's only something God can do. And that's a powerful uh, truth, but it's it's not, there's more. We can do it too. So it's possible to turn a curse into a blessing. It's a God thing here. And I go to James chapter 3, kind of way back in the New Testament. So last week it was love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's powerful. We're going to go a step further with it now today. So James chapter 3, verse 1. James writes, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. So make sure, you know, even in Sunday school, make sure that you're teaching solid word of God truth. And you'll be fine, but we need to be careful what we teach. If you have any questions, give me a call. Let's be careful that we're teaching truth. Verse 2, uh, say with me, because this, in a weird sort of way, this is encouraging to me. Verse 2, the first sentence. 
For we all stumble in many ways. This is the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, the leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem. I love, he's going he's gonna to really take us a task about how we use this. But I love that he says up front, we all stumble in many ways. We're all in the same boat. We're all needing grace and forgiveness and mercy from the Lord. Amen? Amen. It says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. So the picture there is, is the horse a big animal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, and the big ones, whenever we go riding horseback, I always, I always get the percher on. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm like 50 feet long with my legs and the other horses. Anyway, I always get the beast, the 500-pound monster. Um, but you can guide that massive animal little piece of metal in its mouth. Verse 4, look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by what? A very Very small small rudder. Wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member. Now that word member in the Greek, we would probably normally think of it as part, part of the body. So it says, so also the tongue is a small part of the body. Go ahead and Go ahead and stick your tongue out. See how small it is? Right? Yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. I'd, I'd be willing to guess that practically every person here, uh, we wouldn't want to. It's not comfortable. Can you remember a moment when you said something and you lit the forest on fire? she could have it back. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, the parts of our bodies, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by what? You think James is having a bad day? Um, I really wonder I look back at some of the things I've written, and sometimes I can pinpoint, oh, yeah, I remember what was happening when I wrote that. I really wonder if James himself had just really, really blown it up himself, said something that he wished he could bring back and hurt a lot of people. Because this is really intense, isn't it? He He says the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, set on fire by hell. Um, I'm feeling for James, I I feel like he's maybe just done this. He's in the midst of feeling pain. Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now this is obviously on the negative side of things, but um, there's great, great power here. And I know I need this reminder in Scripture. I need it often. There's great, great power here. Now I submit to you, how often do you and I feel pretty much powerless in life? 
powerless to change things, to have any impact, powerless to do anything about stuff we'd like to see. There's tons of power here. And I'll, I'll just admit to you that I, every time I come to this passage, I'm like, I too often let my tongue use the power encased in, in, in it negatively. Aren't helping and blessing and building up other people in ways that aren't glorifying and honoring my God. It's it's a needful thing to bump into this passage often. It says it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Every say with me, my tongue, my tongue is a powerful instrument. Is a powerful instrument. Now, verse nine. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. We just did in some worship. We'll do some more later, right? With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with the same tongue, we do what? We curse, curse people who are made in the what? The likeness, likeness of God. Now, can people made in the likeness of God do terrible, horrible, painful things to us? Yeah. Should we curse them then? Verse 10, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing from the same tongue. My brothers and sisters, these things ought not to be so. Now, verse 11, this is really key. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Is the answer yes or no? No, only one. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives? No. Or a grapevine produce figs? No. Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So we're going to go deeper with this. It's surprising. James leaves it here. He, he does this teaching. He lays out this word picture. And then he says, think about it, work with it, process it. But he himself goes on to other material. He doesn't flesh it out for us. He wants us to do the digging. So verse 11 says, does a spring pour, pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? So not an awful lot of encouragement here in James chapter 3, right? Or is there? Let's focus on that spring that James mentions in verse 11. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Let's look at that spring. John chapter 7. He probably had this in mind when he wrote this. John chapter 7 verse 37. So there's a feast, and at this particular feast, when it's done, everybody gathered in Jerusalem, they go to the temple, the priests bring in pitchers of water, and they pour them over the altar for cleansing, pouring, pouring, pouring. And that's kind of the backdrop here. So verse 37 says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. So they're pouring this water all over the altar. Jesus stands up and he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, say it with me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But he says, out, Jesus says, out of his heart, our hearts will flow rivers of living water. Now, he doesn't use the word spring, but that's the picture we're getting, right? The Holy Spirit, every believer, the Holy Spirit lives within us. And so what do we have percolating in here? We have a spring of living water that flows from our innermost being. 
What was James talking about? This tongue speaks forth from the spring that bubbles down here. He says, is your spring fresh, life-giving water? Or is your spring salty, brackish, and deadly? And, and James wrestles with, he says, sometimes I let fresh water out and sometimes salt water comes out. And what's his cry, his plea for us in James chapter 3? By the grace of God, recognize the spring that matters most in your life, the spring of life, Holy Spirit water. And let that spring more often bless people with life-giving words. Wow. Now we're getting down to it. Rivers of living water, spring, river, fresh living water flows. Now James said fresh water blesses with words that build up, not curses that tear down. Jesus connected fresh living water with the Holy Spirit. Now listen to this. Just go back to the left like a page or two. John chapter 6. This is some powerful stuff. John chapter 6, verse 63. I'm just going to pick out one verse. Jesus speaking, he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all in, in giving spiritual life, heavenly life to the Spirit who gives life. Say this next sentence with me. The, the words that I have spoken to you are, are what they are, spirit and life. Wow, you start connecting all this stuff. Well, this is, this is amazing. Words can have spirit and life in them when they come from the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's here, this spring of, of living water come flowing out. Words we know the power of them. James was talking about the power of destruction with our words. Here God is, through Jesus, talking about the power of blessing and building up and releasing life with our words. So when you're thinking about, gee, I wish I had some power. I wish I had something I could do. I wish I had some way I could impact the world and people around me. You do have power. The power is in the words that come from the spring within you, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So God is, is reminding me and teaching me, take me deeper. I'm, I'm blessing more in my prayer life. Even people that I would really, really, really like to see quit messing with me the way they are. You know what? I'm changing it to blessing prayers. I'm saying, Father, would you bless so-and-so? Bless them, Father, with a softened heart towards you. Bless them with the hunger for truth to know you more. Bless them, Father. You know, so I'm blessing more now uh, instead of wrestling from the negative side or dumping curses on people. Blessing. There's such power in it. And I haven't been releasing the power, accessing the power, um, rejoicing and using it like God has given us opportunity to do. We can turn these blessing, these curses into blessings. Look at this. It all comes together. Let me hear the command of Jesus. Luke chapter 6. Luke 6, 27. Jesus speaking. He says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who, what? Hate you. Do good to those who hate you. 
Say with me out loud, bless, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who use you. We can do it too. What did God do? Balak was trying to pay Balaam to curse Israel. God flipped it and turned it into a blessing. Jesus says you can do that too. When someone curses you, don't curse them back. Anybody can do that. Any godless, unloving, ungracious person can do that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip it. When somebody curses me, I'm going to bless them back. Now, look, gee, thanks for that. Can I have another? We bless them back with forgiveness, with truth. Bless them back with our prayer life. God, that person's got a lot of pain in their life, and they don't know you at all because of the junk coming out of their heart, the salty spring coming out and showing itself in their words. Holy Spirit, bless them. Come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Whatever the Holy Spirit prompts, but speak and release blessing. It can change everything. We can turn curses into blessings. Our words can release spirit and life. You wish you could impact this world in a powerful way? on Facebook, social media, whatever, face-to-face -face in our prayer life, we can change curses into blessings and we can release the power of the living word of God. How exciting is that? Now when someone curses me, I can play the victim, I can receive the curse, I can respond with my own attack, my own hatred, my own revenge, or I can let the spring of Holy Spirit life in me pour forth blessing instead. <clears throat> I can bless them in prayer. Maybe I can even bless them face to face. Trust the Lord with that. I can bless them with my forgiveness. I can bless them with all kinds of encouragement. This blessing power starts at home with my kids. Blessing my marriage partner so forth and so on. It goes, it's, use it everywhere. In the workplace, in the family. Bless. Powerful. So today, here in this meal here, we get to hear, see, and taste the ultimate curse turned into blessing. You need to hear blessings from the Lord today to you? I'm sure you do. Spend some time in the Word, let Him bless you. Something like, I bless you with this knowledge. I have taken your sins away from you as far as the east is from the west. Oh, what a blessing. I, I love you so much that you can never plumb the depths of how high and how wide and how long and how deep is my love for you. Do you feel blessed when you hear that? Do you feel the impact of the blessing? God is pouring blessings into your life and mine all the time, and we can release it for in others too. So today when we come up here to communion, our sin racked up an unpayable <coughs> sin debt before a holy judge. Horrifying if we could see it. The curse of the law says the wages of sin is death. 
and eternal separation from a holy God. That's the curse of the law. But Jesus took the curse, the Bible says. He took the curse and the righteous judgment we deserve. He took it upon himself on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So our sin cursed him, but he spoke a blessing in return. Father, forgive them. And to the thief on the cross next to him, who admitted his sin and asked Jesus to forgive and save him, what did Jesus say? Today you will be with me in, in paradise. paradise. Wow. What a word of blessing that was. So the worst curse we can imagine, death and hell, turned into the best blessing we can imagine, eternal life in heaven. So all who believe in Jesus have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. All who believe in Jesus have a spring of the Spirit's fresh and living water flowing from within. We can turn curses into blessings too. We can rock this county. We can rock whoever God brings into our sphere of influence. He might bring a whopping stinker into your life today. He might just dump a curse on you. You know what God's doing? He's giving you opportunity to turn it around into a blessing. Just like he's done for us. I love Holy Spirit power. And I love that God gives us opportunity to use it. Let's pray. Precious Jesus, we thank you for this meal that's coming. We thank you that you turned uh, the blackest curse we can imagine that we've done to ourselves. You turned it into the most amazing, pure, wondrous, healing, saving blessing we can imagine. Thank you, Jesus. God, uh, increase our hunger and thirst to follow after our Lord Jesus, to, to think like you, to speak like you, to act like you. God, we want to have a powerful impact on this world around us, and I think you're showing us a power that we have not been accessing much. Help us, mighty God, when curses come our way, help us, Lord Jesus, to remember to flip it into a blessing. When curses come to us to send back a blessing instead. God, help us to bless our, our kids, our spouses, friends, our workmates, yeah, that uh, inner Holy Spirit spring pouring forth life. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for the power in your spirit and your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. 
gave thanks, gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. And join me from your heart in the Lord's Prayer. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Lord, welcome you.